I think the part I've, uh, I've, I've, I've thought about the most here lately with that video is where God says, had you sought me? Had you sought me? Um, so on this video, as you see it, I want to help bring a little bit of clarity to it. A little bit of what you see there is we are all familiar with uh, the judgment of God as far as when it comes to uh, are we saved or are we lost, when we get ready to go to heaven or hell, when we face Him, we are familiar with the judgment of I know you or I don't know you. What I became familiar with just maybe a year or so ago was what's called the white throne judgment. Now, this is not a theology uh, teaching today, but you, I feel it's necessary that you get some clarity on this little tidbit. And there will be a time that after your name is seen in the book of life and God says you will make it to heaven, there will be another judgment. And that's what this video is about. And you will be judged what you were called to do, what you were created to do. Now, what many of you don't know and what I find interesting about this whole day is that we were all set up. Probably me more so than anyone, but we were all set up. Uh, Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Jesus Christ so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. In Jeremiah 29 11, we're familiar with where he says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. Revelations chapter 20, verse 11 and 12. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. From his presence, from his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. Next verse. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Books. Plural. Books more than just the one that we're going to hear about here in a second. Books were opened. Then another, then another book was opened, which is the book of life. So he's referring to the book of life as the other book. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books, plural. So in this judgment, the books are referring to the ones on top, according to what they had done. So why is Flip 180 in here? Um, at camp in Anderson this year, and in Flip 180, uh, last week, we talked about this. We talked about what we were called to do. And part of how I explained it to them, how it was explained to me, and this is just how I like to see it because I'm visual, is that maybe at some point before 
the foundations of the earth, maybe while the Holy Spirit was hovering over the face of the deep, that God sat down and he wrote a book. And he wrote a book about every single person. So for the sake of today, there is a book that I like to envision in heaven's library. It's got everybody's name on it. It's got mine, it's got my wife's, it's got Eric's, it's got Nate's, it's got Alger's, it's got Corey's, it's got Marcus's. And on every one of those books, there is a page that's got every one of us here at this time. We were all set up to be here if you weren't filled with the Holy Spirit, you had the chance to today. And you have the chance to encounter God. And I have the chance to share my heart with every one of you. And you have a chance to listen. So you all had a choice. We don't have to follow what's in God's book that He wrote for us. But if we don't seek Him, if we do not take time, and I don't mean like many of us do with our own fathers or with God, where we say, hey dad, I need something. Kind of the keys to the car and 20 bucks. And then we get it and then we take off. And we come back again when we need something. We need to spend time in prayer seeking. Real seeking. And I wish that I could stand before you today and say that I have spent a lot of time doing that but I haven't by nature like many of you in this room I'm a I'm a doer so when I see something that needs to be done I don't want to spend eight months talking about it I don't want to read three books and two-hour Bible studies and write down all the details and how it's going to work and what the pros are if we do it this way and what's the cons and, you know, the sad part is who may get hurt or who may not. I say, hey, God, what do you think? Oh, okay. And I hear a yes or a maybe or I think I hear a yes, or I hear what I want to hear. And Mike Brown goes off and he does stuff. And sometimes dragging his wife and his children. I've said yes many times before praying into things, and there is a difference between prayer and asking.
So why am I up here saying all this? Um, I have a I'm tired. I'm worn out. I'm burnt out. And because I'm a doer, and because I have strong gift of faith because that I have a tendency to see the glass seven-eighths full instead of, you know, almost empty. I just, I just keep going and I've been going and I've been pushing. And I need to stop. I need to take some time. And I need to reset my life. One thing that I've not been very good at, if I may be bold enough to say, most of us in here are not good at it. That is prioritizing our life. What is important? And like that video, what has God called me to do? And I've talked with many of you, and many of you have that, that question, that thought, that wonderment. Why am I here, and what has God called me to do? And, and, and what is my gift? What is my calling? And many times I've thought I've known exactly what that was. But right now I'm in a I'm in a time frame where I'm confused. And I'm gonna I'll try to be as real and as honest and and open as I can be. Um and and I and before I go any farther, we're gonna we're going to say a quick prayer, but I don't want, and the Holy Spirit does not want my words to be twisted. He doesn't want you to hear something that doesn't get said. He doesn't want you to hear something that did not get said. We don't need anything to be twisted. And it should not be taken personal by anyone. So please, no one sit there and think, oh my gosh, Mike is talking about me. Because I'm not. I'm going to share what's going on with me. Doesn't necessarily mean as I go on just a little bit, it's, as you hear some things that I say, they're my feelings. And yes, I know that some of those feelings might not be true, but they are still 
still what is going on within my own heart. And I want to be open and vulnerable. So Holy Spirit, I just ask you that you continue to anoint my words that everything gets heard the way that it is supposed to, that it brings life and not death. And Lord, that you would open, Holy Spirit, open our ears that everything would be clear and nothing would be withheld. Amen. So, I'm tired, I'm burnt out, and uh, part of what comes along with that is, or a lot of it is, my heart, my heart has gotten hardened. It's gotten hardened toward a lot of things, and it's gotten hardened toward people. And I do know for sure that God did not create me that way. I know the confusion that I feel, the confusion that I sense is not of the Lord, because confusion is from the enemy. I don't have a problem, excuse me, hearing from the Lord for other people, but in this time in my life and here for a while, it's it's very unclear and it's very cloudy sometimes about what direction I am to take. You know, one of the things that, you know, the Lord gently told me today, even while in worship, was that I've made more withdrawals from people's hearts than I have deposits of love. that's a hard truth to face because it, because he's right what that has a tendency to do is it bankrupts relationships when I'm I had kind of this image that I've seen because I'm visual. It's one thing to, to look in the mirror and see a reflection. My wife is real good about giving me a reflection. <laughs> or as we call a good reading because what I tell a lot of people that I've counseled, that I've sat and that I've talked with is that if you truly want to know where a man stands... His wife and his kids are the thermometer. Because your wife and your kids don't lie. Which makes me the thermostat, so I'm the one that controls the atmosphere within my home. And what's happened because that part of the reason why I'm so tired, why I'm, I'm worn out, my, my body physically, I've... As of late, I've been taking better care of it. I've been getting more sleep. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm eating better. So physically, I'm not as tired. But definitely emotionally, <clears throat> mentally, and spiritually, I'm, I'm very exhausted and very empty. And as we, as we continue to go on, I don't want you to think or feel that I am a victim 
because I am not a victim. I have helped create where I am at. So to say it's one person's fault over another is not true. I have to take responsibility. And what I've done is I've taken on too much. I've said yes to too much. And I've taken on burdens that are not mine. Now, with that being said, if you go to Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30, let's read that real quick. It says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, comma, and learn from me, comma, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well, my burden's heavy because some of what I carry is not of the Lord. And I purposely put and read that comment between each one because... When you, he says, take my yoke upon me. Okay, so I do that and then I need to stop. And then I need to learn and listen on how to use that thing that I've just put on me. But again, because I'm a doer, like many of you, we just strap it on and we go. We haven't even learned how to operate under the yoke that we've just picked up. It causes pain to us and it causes pain to others. That word I want to I look at real quick is where it says, my yoke is easy. Now, if you look that up, easy does not mean what we think it means here in America or what we tend to think that it means. We think easy is uh, one of two things. One, someone will do it for me, so that makes it easy. Or it means very little work. And if you are reading the Bible... Like I have, and I have read it and thought, oh, that just, I can, it's going to be easy for me. That's not really the way the Lord intended it. That word easy means this in the Greek. It actually says, as I looked it up, it says, the Greek had a wider range of meaning for this word. It means good, helpful, kind, and profitable. None of those four things, if you've been a Christian for very long, is easy. You don't get profit without work. Kindness takes work. And I don't know, I can't remember what the other two said, but in resetting, I have to take up the yoke and the burden that is mine. And that's why that video, and I showed it to, to get this thing going, is so important. We need to take time to figure out what we're supposed to be taking on, what we are supposed to be doing. What are you called to do? Because the reality is I am responsible for some souls. 
And every one of you in here is responsible for souls. And if the only souls that I'm responsible for are my wife and my kennel, Isaac, Adeline, and Emerson, I'm okay with that, kind of. <laughs> but that's why I need the reset. See, I've helped create a culture in this place that says, well, because God asked me to do it, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. I don't really want to, but I'm just going to go ahead. God, I want to be responsible for a whole lot more souls than just my five, but if, if that's just those five, then I'm okay with that. And I really, really, really want to be okay with that. Because if all my life is spent pouring into them, then that's what I need to do. And that's what I'm called to do. Because I don't want to stand before God's white throne judgment and, and be judged on what I was called to do and not do it. You know, again, part of why I feel this way the, the, the feeling of, of being tired and, and empty is there is a reality that I've given more to you, many of you, and the church than I have my own wife and kids and myself. And that is not healthy. I have not had healthy boundaries. I have allowed almost every single one of you in this room all access to my life. So instead of having a small circle with me and God, and then a circle outside of that that's got me and my wife and God, and then a little circle outside of that that's got me and my wife and my children, my circle has been all the way open to where I've just allowed everybody to come in and come out. I, I've allowed myself to be the solution to your problem instead of helping you and pointing you in the direction to find the solution to your problem. And as I was talking with Tom and Eric about this, one of the things that, that Tom said that was really, really good was this. It says, anything that I have given you that God was supposed to give you, then I have made you or I have let you make me an idol. So anything that God was supposed to give you, and I gave it to you, I have become your idol. Anything Eric has given you that God was supposed to give you, Eric has become your idol. Anything Tom 
has given you, that God was to give you, Tom has become your idol. Anything Alger or your wife or your husband has given you that God was supposed to give you, then that person or that thing has become your idol. And that's wrong. God says, put no other gods. There should be no idols before me. And to a degree, what I have done is I've allowed ministry and helping people to become an idol in my life. And that's not healthy and that's not right. Let's go to Isaiah 40, verses 28 through 31. Verse 28 says, Have you never heard or understood? Don't you know that the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth? He never grows faint or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to those who are tired and worn out and offers strength to the weak. Even youths will become exhausted and young men will give up. But those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. They will fly high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. Rearing. They will walk and not be faint. I've come face to face with not just hearing about my weaknesses and how they affect people but to really experiencing and knowing how weak that I really am. I was talking about the mirror a minute ago, and I don't know if you've ever seen it, like on some TV shows or whatnot, but where somebody is... is is looking in the mirror and you see the reflection. But then at one point, the reflection actually steps out and uh, really makes the reflection a reality. And that's what I've encountered, is that my reality and my weakness. Now, just so you, you know... And nobody starts 
You know, our minds don't run. Uh, I have I've not sinned. I've not given myself into anything. But when you are weak and you are tired and you are empty spiritually, you are tempted more. And there is not the fight to fight against temptation. So to say that I have not been been tempted to sin would be a lie. And I can feel myself getting weaker. And when you get weaker, you give in to sin. So part of this is even looking forward enough to know that it's better to stop, admit that you need to change, and move forward. Because it only takes one yes to sin to really screw a bunch of stuff up. And a few seconds or a few minutes is not worth it. You know, when I started... Getting more into ministry, I guess. When our church is is this church, this atmosphere is very, very good about calling the prophetic potential out of people. And when you come where I came from, and you start coming to this church, and you realize, oh wow, God wants to use me. You're like, this feels really good. And you start to feel good about yourself. And you start getting involved in in ministry and trying to help people for all the wrong reasons. And God allows that. Because that's what gets a lot of us into serving and doing. But after a while, you, and if if you will... um, Submit to the process. God will change your heart. And you will start doing it because you love Him and not because you get any identity out of it. You know, I've always, I've always said that I've, I've come to the revelation that whether I do a bunch for God or I just come in and I sit and I do nothing, that God will love me just as much. And I truly believe that. And now we're going to get a chance to see if I really believe it. So I need to reset. I'm going to step back from any form of ministry for a while. I'm going to pour into myself, not be selfish, because I've preached a message a long time ago about being selfish and putting others first. 
but you also cannot neglect your own spiritual and mental and physical health. So I'm going to pour in to myself. I'm going to pour into my wife. Who has probably been the one who has suffered the most. When she should get the very best, she feels like, and her feelings are probably correct, that she only gets what's left. I need to pour into my daughter, who is now 12. My son, who is the carrier of the Father's blessing. My daughters, Addie and Emmy. I'm going to... uh, Unless God changes something, it'll be for nine months. Now, as I've talked this process through with Tom and Eric, if that changes and it's less, then they have given me the ability to change that and we'll work through that if if that's the way that it works out. Uh, I am not going to another church. I will still come here on Sundays because like I've preached to many of you, pressure is good. The right pressure. I see it would be easy for me just to say, you won't see me for nine months and I could sleep in on Sundays and get up at (laughs) noon and go to Applebee's with all the other people who are waking up at noon, you know, go fishing and all that stuff. And this is where some of this will look different for me than it will for Eric and Tom. Because I still need to be here. As uh, if you listened when Eric Morgan shared a while back, he said it's the single banana out of the bunch that gets eaten. Well, if you watch animals of prey, if you watch lions, lions don't attack a whole herd. They only attack the one who is off by itself, straggling, disconnected from the herd. And I have to be, I guess, vulnerable enough and brave enough to say that if, uh, if I let myself Separate from the herd. I will be the one who gets snatched. So we talk about revival and seeing many moves of God and things happening. And things are happening. Things are changing. But the one thing that happens when God starts to move, or not that when He starts, but when we start to move with Him, Because God is always moving, He's always planning, He's always strategizing, He's always doing something. 
When those things start to happen and we start to partner with the Lord, men and women fall prey to sin, and mainly many of them fall prey to sexual sin. I think we all have to look at, and that's why I'm stepping back, to look as I don't want to fall into any of that. If we want to see things happen the way that we truly believe, then I hope all of us start to take a look back. And we really ponder and we spend time with the Lord. And we say, all right, God, what have you called me to do? Am I to be a pastor? Am I to be an evangelist? Am I to be a mom? Hannah, like you said, as my daughter said, she's to be a worship leader. Okay, if that's what she's called to do. And that's again why I asked and felt like the flip kids should stay in here. You guys, you can't ignore this message and just think it's Mike talking about a break. This is also about how do you see your future and what God has called you to do and that you can be what God called you to be, but it's going to take work. And even right now is a time to, all right, God, what am I to take on and what am I not? Because I've been, I'm about to wrap up here, I've been serving in a church since I was 14 years old. And I started playing guitar at my dad's church. And even though it was at the time, you know, that was a simpler church, it was a small church. We didn't exactly call it this type of worship, but starting to play guitar at 14 and God gave me a talent and ability to learn and learn pretty quick. You know, it wasn't long before I was the best musician, I guess, they had. So that meant early Sunday mornings before church, Sunday night, Wednesday night, special services. Um, I traveled with an older group that sang, so I sang with them, and I played guitar, and that was in Indiana and Kentucky and Ohio. Now, I did, when I rebelled and I came out of that, you could say that that was a time of rest. (laughs) It was... Believe me, there was no rest involved in any of that. If anything, it was more work and it opened up many doors. And then again, it brought me to here. And then the prophetic potential. And then you're like, God can use me. And yes, he can. He can use you when you are still messed up. But it's easier to get a lot of stuff gone then step into what God's called you to do than it is to try to do it when you're married and you got kids and your identity is shot and you're getting identity from ministry and you're trying to figure all this out and that was how my journey started but I've been fortunate enough to be at a church that not only sees the prophetic potential but believes in the power of of the word and the power of God and how he sets people free. And there are many things that I have been set free of. But there is there, there is something that I have not seen. 
that is hindering where I need to be. And what God has called me to do and my family. And I need to find that. And it needs to be gone. So that God's true potential, not just for me, but but for the souls that God has called me to reach and affect. Are truly reached. Truly affected. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. But I do have to reset, just like you do on a computer. You don't have to unplug the computer to reset it. But I've I've got to I've got to step back. So I will not be there, I will not be leading young adult group. I won't be up here worshiping, leading worship, evangelism, praying for people. Nothing except coming to church. Uh, my wife, she's still going to do worship. She's still going to help some with the training. I'll give her a minute here if she wants to say anything. Um, but one of the other things that I've realized is that I, th- I think because of my personality, I've makes me think that I'm good with relationships. Because I have many, many acquaintances. But hardly any deep, meaningful, impactful relationship. Because almost every relationship that I have is based on work or ministry. And that's not healthy. So I don't know how exactly that's all going to look. Um, I know I've got some great church people here. I've got great spiritual fathers. And uh, I really need to be very, very clear that this is no reflection and has nothing to do with anything. said or done by my spiritual fathers, Tom and Merrick. Two men that need to be honored. And that, as much as I love my natural father, have 
passed on more to me because my natural father just didn't have. So thank you, Tom and Eric, for all you do for all of us, but for me and my family. for saying hard truths, for loving a spiritual son that is uh, always ready to go and do something in his gas and needs breaks. Probably needed more breaks than what you've put on before, but... (laughs) That's not your fault. That's too much gas on my end. (laughs) But it has nothing to do with them. And it's been a process. So as you see me here at church, feel free to talk to me. Ask me about the game or how my kids are doing. Don't ask me to pray for you. And I, and I know these are bold statements. So I'm asking you not to get offended. But because I've been bold in letting you all in, I have to be bold for the sake of myself and my family to put boundaries back up. So... What am I going to be doing exactly? Maybe you're asking. (laughs) Well, um, I do have to work. So, Adam and Corey, you'll still be working. (laughs) As I see the beads of sweat rolling down their face. (laughs) Because I've told them for like three weeks, I'm like, you got to come Sunday. You got to come. I just want you, what are you talking about? I'm not going to tell you show up and they did because I love you Corey I love you Luke I love you it's like my own kids and maybe I've not shown it quite the way that I should Because my heart has gotten hard toward things. So I ask for all of your guys' forgiveness for having a hard heart and a bad attitude. And uh, I got a, got a message from a lovely lady this past week that it... Uh, I was glad she sent it because it made me smile, but it hurt because it had truth. Because I I know, and then I've, I've I've taught and I've said joy is a choice, but in the message it said I could see you have lost your joy. 
And I hate to hear that reality. That my it's it's been you've seen the misery, I guess, in my face. And it's not that and don't don't think or hear or go home and tell people or put on Facebook, Mike Brown's having a midlife crisis. <laughs> yeah, I am that age. I'm 41. But because, and I have talked to the Lord about that, and I, I am very confident that I am not having a midlife crisis. I am resetting. And if I was to look back at my life all the way to right now, there's been a lot of hard times. I've The only thing that I would change on my whole journey, and I've said this even when I was, excuse me, out in sin and living it up for the devil, is the, the only thing that I would change is the people that I hurt. Because I did hurt some people. And, and even in my leadership here, um, what happens is because you get tired and pulled on and then you get angry and you get bitter and upset, you know, and you take on too much, it causes you not to be able to keep your word to people. And I've not been able to be a man who keeps his word the way that he should. And even though it hasn't been seen my, my prayer for so many years that I asked God, it's like, I just I want to be a man of integrity. And it just hasn't always happened. So in resetting and laying some stuff down, I can reprioritize my life. So, I, so my yes can be yes, but more importantly, that my no can be no. Because again, what I've done is I've, I've created this problem. When I give you all access and I become your answer for everything and I allow you to, to talk to me about everything at all hours of the night or no matter what or when or how or where, it, it's it's created turmoil and it's caused problems in our relationships. And I'm sorry for that. And I ask you to forgive me. Be praying for me while I'm resting. Because honestly, I have I have no idea how to rest. I don't I don't know how to do it. I I guess I don't know how to do it without just laying in bed and sleeping all day. Um, so I will next Sunday will be my last Sunday you'll see me up here leading worship after that unless God changes things uh, it won't happen again for nine months you won't have to worry about Mike Brown preaching for nine more months so you won't get out at 1230 <laughs> um, no ministry at all I still will be coming to church. If by chance you don't see me here, it is because I will go occasionally with my family to visit other churches. On occasion, just to say hi. 
because I have friends at these other churches, not to find another place to go serve. Plan on uh, sometime in January or February. I'd like to take me and my wife and probably Emerson. She'll have to go with us. We want to take a long weekend and go to Bethel and maybe take another long weekend and go to IHOP just to experience those two ministries. Uh, in March, it looks like in March, and we haven't got all these details lined out, but I want you to hear some kind of plan of action. Uh, we're going to go to RTF in North Carolina. Um, we need to go somewhere, I need to go somewhere where I can get away and not have to be in town and talk to people or answer phone calls or any of that. It, I need to be gone. So we'll, we'll be doing that. Um, I definitely want to, and, and Tom, as I was talking with the training team the other day, kind of helped me re reset this thinking, and I, and I think he's think he's right. Um, I, I don't want to be closed-minded to what God has to tell me. I plan in nine months coming back here and, and serving. I don't know what that's going to look like and what God's going to do, but I sense that it will be just in one thing and not several as we are trying to create a culture here where we just serve in one area of ministry and not three, four, and five. Um, I want to encourage many of you that aren't serving in something, especially on a Sunday, there really is no reason why you can't come on a Sunday morning and serve on something, especially for those of you who are not doing anything. You know, I want to encourage us on our flip kids. Let's not put too much pressure on them. We want them to learn to serve sacrificially. But I think we also have to watch how much we push them and rely on them to do certain things. Because I've watched my daughter as we've come for years, and since she's the oldest, she's the one that gets to watch our kids, you know, and it's, it's not fair to her. You know, to not be able to enjoy being 8, 9, 10, 11 years old, enjoy service. We've encouraged her to help out in the guppies area where she does. But we've also encouraged her to help draw boundaries as well. So use this as a teaching moment with all of our kids, you know, and how to serve sacrificially and still draw a boundary. And I don't know how to do that yet honestly, but I know the Lord's going to show me. I do want to know that when I come back, you know, the, that God has called me as the primary leader of this house. Um, I don't exactly have the answer to that because be it my own hang-ups, my own agenda that I want, you know, I have an inner struggle of being a leader 
and yet wanting to go out and do. And God can do both. He absolutely can. But for the next 59 years of my life, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm doing it His way and doing what He said in His time for however long those seasons are in life because I want it to be so much more productive and, and so much more fruitful from a good fruit sense. So I believe we're all being fruitful. I've been very fruitful. But to tell you that I've had more good fruit than bad fruit, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I would, you know, I don't know. But I know that I want to start creating more good fruit and less bad fruit. And I'll do that by stepping back and stepping away. If you guys have any questions, you can ask me. Um, you can call me. You can call my wife. You can talk to her. Spend time with her. Um, I know some of you have asked me to do stuff already, and that's great. Um, I'm going to ease into it. <laughs> you know, because, well, what did I, I think I told Alex, you know, my, my wife has begged me for I don't know how long. Will you just sleep in on Saturday? So this Saturday, I'll be sleeping in to the best of my ability. <laughs> I might just have to lay in bed while everybody else wakes up. But definitely pray for me so I can figure that out, you know. I know that this, this Sunday, this Sunday morning was really... Um, it was very sweet for me to just be at home and my wife got up and left and I sat at my table and I had a cup of coffee and I read the Bible and I can't tell you when I've done that on a Sunday morning. See, I think there's this, uh, hopefully we start to see that when we come in and when you come in to enjoy a church service, man, there's a lot of work that goes behind what you just get to sit and experience. I mean, a lot. And it, not just me. I mean, there is, I mean, it takes a lot of people to make this happen. And it was nice. Now, I'll not get to do that the rest of my life. I don't expect that. <laughs> But it was, it was nice. Ashley, do you have anything you want to say or add? Nothing. <laughs>